don't you just talk to the Lord right there where you're sitting right now? Could you do that? I know we sort of slowed down there for a minute, but God hadn't gone anywhere. Hallelujah. Come on, talk to him. Jesus, we worship you. We acknowledge your sovereign presence and spirit of ministry that's here. You know our frame, Father. You know our frame. So we hear from you today. We trust in you, Father. We trust in you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We trust in you, Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Why don't you grab your Bible? Go with me today to the book of Numbers. Everybody's favorite book, I'm sure. Praise God. The book of Numbers. Chapter number 13. Amen. Brother Jeremiah, I'll warn you, I'm going to jump around a couple of different places pretty quick here at the outset. Then I'll probably go easy on you. Echo Brother Flowers' sentiments. I appreciate Brother Jeremiah's faithfulness. We all take him for granted, but we sure get nervous when we don't see something show up up there. Appreciate him diligently serving. Praise God. Amen. Brother Flowers is an AWOL, by the way. I should mention that. Uh, he is ministering in Union Gap today. And so... I know the Lord is going to use him and is using him. Praise God. Numbers chapter 13, verse number 30. Numbers 13, verse number 30. And Caleb stilled the people. It's an interesting choice of words, isn't it? I feel like the Lord would like to still some people today. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse 31. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able. Don't ever underestimate the power of your words. They said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Verse 32, and they, that's the ones that said, we be not able. They brought up an evil report of the land. Let me just pause right there and say something to you that are listening this morning. You would do well to determine whose report you listen to. You would do well to determine whose report you listen to. All right, so they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched to the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we 
were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Many of you have heard this passage of Scripture before. Notice what they said. We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? These weren't just anybody. These were ten leaders selected by Moses. These were leaders. They said, we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Get them a pause to say this. How you see yourself as a child of God affects how your enemy sees you as well. We need a revelation of who we are in him. Go right into the next chapter, 14, verse 1. Man, put the chapters there, right? The word just continues to flow. So all the congregation, they heard it, right? They heard this report. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. You know why they wept? They had been wandering through the wilderness, and they were ready to go into a place of promise but an evil report and how they saw themselves. All right. Go with me to the book of Second Kings chapter number 6. Second Kings chapter number 6. I'll make you find stuff in your Bible this morning. Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 13. Are you there? Second Kings 6 and 13. And he said, he is a, a king that's trying to come against Israel. You can read the whole chapter when you have more time. And he said, go and spy where he is. He's looking for the prophet of God because the prophet of God has been revealing things before this evil king can get Israel and cause them harm. Every time he tries to find a way to attack Israel, it seems like Israel knows ahead of time. And so the, the king thinks he's got people in his own a company that are spies, and finally somebody says to this evil king, King, there's no spies here. There's a man of God that's with Israel, and he even hears the words you speak in your bedchamber. And so the king said, Go, spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Notice, he wasn't trying to hide from where he was. He wasn't hiding even if the king was looking for him. Verse 14. Therefore sent he, that's the king, he sent horses and chariots and a great host. Remember he's going for one man. He's going for one man. Notice what the enemy does to go get one man of God. Or woman of God. He sent horses, he sent chariots and a great host. How does the enemy see you? And they came, notice, they came by night. Now, now we read that, we just read right on through that like, wow, that's a neat story. Do you realize what we're just seeing here? 
a king is going after one man of God. And he's so concerned about getting this one man of God that he sends, you know, he doesn't send 10 or 20. You would think that would take care of things. He sends an army, a host, horses, chariots, and he's so careful that he even comes at night so they won't know he's coming. How does the enemy see you? And they come past the city about. You'd think they'd have just went to his house. Verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God, now this is not the man of God, this is a servant that's working with him. A servant of man of God was risen early and gone forth. He went outside. Maybe he's sitting out having a cup of coffee early in the morning. And behold, a host. I just like to think he was. I, mean, I don't know. But. Behold, a host. Come past the city with horses and chariots. Can you imagine getting up in the morning? You head outside. Going to catch a fresh breeze. Just stretch a little bit. And you're like. It's a little different than it looked last night. <laughs> Armies, chariots, horses, the enemy surrounding you. And the servant ran back to the man of God and said, Alas, my master, how shall we do? I'm glad we don't talk that way anymore. <laughs> Alas, my master. He runs back. My master, what do we do? He's a little shook up. Notice the response of the man of God. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Notice, he did not say, They that be with us are more than them. You see the difference? He said, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. He understood the enemy has some they with them too. He was, he was seen beyond the natural. He was seen in the spiritual. He said, the enemy may have some they with them spiritually, but they that are with us outnumber they that are with them. Verse 17. And Elisha prayed. That was the man of God, the prophet. Elisha prayed, and watch what he prayed. And he said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw. I have a question for you. Was he blind? Sort of a trick question, isn't it? Yes and no, wasn't he? He wasn't blind naturally. He could see naturally. I mean, it was him that saw the army and ran back in. Alas! I'll start using that word. Be sitting at dinner. Alas, my dear, I have no tea. I had to think of ways to use it. So he could see naturally. Right? The problem wasn't with his natural sight. The problem was with something far more important than his natural sight. The problem was he could not see spiritually. He was blind 
spiritually. And so the prophet prayed, and behold, <laughs> I love this verse. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. I have a question for you. How long had those been there? I don't know the answer. But I have confidence they were there as long as they needed to be. Were they there before the Lord opened the eyes of the young man? Absolutely. That's why the prophet could say, Lord, open his eyes. He already saw. I have a question for you. Probably noticed a few this morning. How do you see yourself? And how does the enemy see you? One more verse, if you'll bear with me. If you haven't figured out where we're going, you haven't been paying attention at all. 1 Samuel chapter 17. You've heard these stories before, some of you, right? 1 Samuel 17. Starting with verse 22. This is a story familiar to you. It's not changing up there. See how dependent we are? I could turn here in my Bible. See, I've gotten lazy too. I apologize. Thank you, Brother Jerry. First Samuel 17, watch this, 22. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage. And he ran into the army and saluted his brethren. Verse 23. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name. Anybody ever heard of that guy? Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and he spake according to the same words, and David heard them. He heard the words of the enemy. Verse 24. Now, if David heard it, all the rest of the army of Israel heard it. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, look what they did. They fled from him and were sore afraid. Aren't those an interesting set of scriptures, those three passages of scriptures? They're very uh, powerful, and, and you can go back and read all of them in full context. Uh, we're not going to take them out of context this morning. But there's a pattern that's very clear there. And it has to do with how we see and our spiritual vision. I want us to pray today. And I want us to ask the Lord to anoint our ears to hear, our eyes to see, and our hearts to receive. Can we do that right now? Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your spirit that is rich and full. I thank you for your word that cannot fail. 
I thank you for your precious, powerful name. I pray this morning the name and the authority of the name of Jesus be established. I pray your word that you have exalted above your name. Speak with clarity and purpose into the heart of every soul, mind, and spirit that would hear and yield and open. I pray the quickening word of God today to accomplish what you send it to do. Anoint our eyes, anoint our ears, and anoint our hearts, I pray, Father. Spiritually, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we thank you, we trust you. Everybody said amen. We see specific things here in all three of these passages of Scripture. We see fear gripping the heart of men. Fear influencing the decisions of men. In some cases, in every case, had the Spirit of God or a man of God not recognized the voice of God and had the vision of God, fear would have kept the will of God from taking place. Where we read in the book of Numbers, it was not the will of God for them to continue wandering in the wilderness. But because they gave in to the voice of fear, they saw themselves as less than what God had made them to be, and therefore they continued in a wilderness place. Fear will paralyze and prevent the will of God from being fulfilled in the time that God would desire if I give myself to fear rather than faith in the word of God. God had promised things to the children of Israel. He had spoken things clearly and definitively to them. Brother Flowers spoke to us about this a couple of Wednesday nights ago. And we know the word of God is true. But when they begin to see things with their natural eyes, they begin to doubt the word of God. And when they saw something that looked bigger than them, something they couldn't solve themselves, something they couldn't tackle and fix on their own efforts and ability, rather than trust in the word of God, they begin to declare how they saw themselves in light of the problem. They begin to talk about how small they were and how great the problem was or how great the enemy was or how looming it was compared to where they were. They had dismissed the ability of God to work in their life. The moment you and I begin leaning on our natural vision, begin trusting in our own understanding, begin looking to do things in our own ability, we are dismissing the ability of God to work in our lives. Why? Because God will not operate through our fleshly means lest we would take glory for what He can do. And so He'll bring us to a place to where circumstances look impossible so that we'll determine where does my faith lie? Where does my confidence rest? Who runs my life? Who do I belong to? Who's in control here? How do you see yourself? How does the enemy see you? I promise you, the enemy does not want you to see you the way he knows that you are in Christ. And so he'll bombard your mind with lies and falsehoods and thoughts that are not true so that you'll never see yourself the way God sees you. But we see in these passages of scriptures, men that saw different. Caleb said, we are well able. Why did he say we are well able? We don't see Caleb ever saying, we're stronger than them. We're able. We're bigger than them. We got better weapons than them. We're more tactical than they are. 
We got better strategy. He didn't say any of that. Why? Because he wasn't relying on any of that. That was all natural stuff. That's how the other ten were thinking. Caleb declared what he knew because of the word of the Lord that he held to. Is it any wonder that years later when they go into the promised land and those ten men and their families all died in the wilderness? Read it. But Caleb went in. And he's 70 years old at this point, I believe, if memory serves me correct. When they're dividing up the land among the people, Caleb goes to Joshua and says, Hey, I want that mountain right there. Give me that mountain. He's no longer just a a young kid. He's now an older man, but he's still got fight in his spirit. He's still got a confidence in his spirit because it's not based on his natural effort and ability. It's based on his confidence in the word of God. And he knows the promises of God to his life. And so Caleb says, give me that mountain. And Joshua says, it's yours. Go take it. And read the story. He went and he took it. He never let go of the promise of God. But how you and I see ourselves is so critical. I'm not talking about some mind over matter mumbo jumbo or some high self-image junk that's out there in the world today. I'm talking about spiritual eyes anointed by the Spirit of God. So I see through the lens of the Spirit rather than looking at all of the natural. Those ten spies looked at the natural and they robbed themselves and their families of the work of God in their lives. We read the story of David, and we all know the story of David and Goliath. If, if we've ever heard any Bible story, we've heard that one. And we often forget that part where all the army of Israel was afraid because of one man. How foolish is that? Natural or unnatural, how foolish is it that a whole army is afraid of one guy? What was it? It was a spirit of fear that was gripping the hearts of the children of Israel. And that was not the design or the desire of God. All it took was one young man. You understand he was a teenage boy. You understand David was not some 40-year-old or 30-year-old strong warrior that had accomplished thousands of things in his life that could walk out. Oh, he was a warrior. He was accomplished But he wasn't accomplished in natural things. He was accomplished in spiritual things. And so when he heard that, I believe with all of my heart, he heard more than just the words. Something shot through that young man's spirit. And we can read further. We won't take the time this morning. But it shot through his spirit. And he declared, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the living God? Thinking, man, where'd that come from? I'll tell you where that came from. That came from a righteousness of God that was upon that young man's life. And when he heard a report that was not of God, he saw something with his spiritual eyes that was not of God. And he realized it's not the desire of God for the people of God to be strapped up in fear. And so he spoke out against it because he saw with the spiritual. That teenage boy said, I'll fight him. Now, those on the surface, like his brothers. Oh, you naughty child. You're just out here to see a fight. We know. David wasn't responding to some young cockiness or arrogance about himself. David had been spending time alone with God. Bunch of sheep. 
but he'd been spending time with God. And when that spirit rose up through that man, Goliath, it smote him in his spirit. And he said, I'll go fight. Why? Because he was not looking through the lens of the natural. Put your hand over your eyes right now. Would you do this with me? Come on, just put them right over your eyes. And just ask God, God, anoint my eyes to see. God, anoint my eyes to see. God, anoint my eyes to see. Would you declare that right now? Anoint my eyes to see spiritually. Anoint my eyes and my mind to see the kingdom of God. Not to see in the natural, but to see and to hear the voice of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I command scales to fall from the eyes. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. So David went out and did the work. And then where we read in, in Kings... It's a pretty unique deal. I've never been surrounded by a natural army. But this servant just could not see. And it just took one moment for his vision and his eyes to be open. Read the rest of that story when you have time there in Second Kings. It's a beautiful story. Of how the Lord wrought a victory by opening the eyes. God never intended for his people to live in a place of anxiety or fear or doubt. Now you may live in a place of the unknown. He does intend that sometimes. That's what's called developing trust in him. But he never intended for you and I to live in a place of fear, doubt, That's not the plan of God. And so when those things try to creep in, we need the work of the Spirit of God to touch our eyes to see. Jesus said, except a man be born of the water and spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Remember that? John chapter 3. He said he cannot see the kingdom of God. We need a touch of the spirit of God upon our lives so that we see the kingdom. So that we see the kingdom with spiritual eyes. That we see our circumstance with spiritual eyes. When we were praying earlier for those in different job situations, we need the Lord to anoint our minds and anoint our so we see them with spiritual eyes. I understand natural circumstances. I'm as human as you are. I have natural circumstances in my life just like you do. Right? We can all pinch ourselves. We're all real people here. We all have those. So I have to fight this battle just like you do to where I don't look in the natural, but I say, God, help me see things in the spiritual. 
Help me see them and believe for what you're doing, not what everything around me says is happening. Not to focus on the army on the hillside, but to focus on your army that's between me and them. And trust in you, ordering steps. Trust in you, working things for your purpose. Trust that you are still God and your word is still true. And not giving room to the voice of fear and doubt. I've been resisting for about 20 minutes. Brother TJ and Sister Jessica, your season is getting ready to change. It's time to change. You've been waiting. Would you pray right now? Come on, it's time to change. name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name praise God praise God our humanity so often wants to focus on the natural It wants to. You say, but the heart, it's hard. I understand that. I really do. I understand because the natural is always staring you in the face, isn't it? That bill doesn't just disappear off the desk. I mean, unless you just throw it in the garbage can. <laughs> Hope you don't do that. Right? That you, you can fill in the blank with your situation that. That circumstance with a family member, that doesn't just go away. It stares you in the face. That situation in a home, that situation on the job, whatever, you, you fill in the blank. It doesn't just go away. It has a way of staring you in the face. And you think the enemy doesn't just want to keep bringing it right up in your face? I promise you, he, he wants you to wake up thinking about it. He wants you to go to bed thinking about it. He wants you to stay awake at night thinking about it. So what does he do? Because the enemy has no authority except God gives him. So what does the enemy do? He'll just plant thought. Keep bombarding your mind with thought. Keep bombarding your mind with thought. Keep bombarding your mind with thought. And, and what happens, the longer you entertain his thought, fear, anxiety, uncertainty, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that. I bind every unclean, impure, evil thought. I pray the washing and regenerating of the word of God over every mind in this room. That there come a peace that only God can give. That the thoughts of the enemy would be cast down. And the word of God would be firm in the heart and the minds of every individual today. A confidence in the word that cannot fail. In the name of Jesus, 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 how you see yourself is impacted by how you think. And again, don't mix. I don't want anybody walking out of here saying we had a great mind over matter message. I don't believe in any of that garbage. Believe in the power of the word of God and the spirit of God. And his word 
cannot fail. It can't. Scripture is certain. Thy word, O Lord, is forever settled in heaven. Once he speaks it, it is done. You say, well, I don't see the evidence yet. That's all right. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not yet seen. And so what do we do? I stand on the word of God. I embrace the word of God. I cling to the word of God. I hold the word of God up in the face of the enemy. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Psalm 121 says this. You've heard this before. You can throw it up there if you want, Brother Jeremiah. Psalm 121 and 1 says, I will. Everybody say, I will. That's a declaration, you understand. The psalmist said, I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. You ever heard that before? I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker, or which makes, the heaven and the earth. We should probably just keep reading that chapter. Where does your help come from? Natural circumstances? Oh, no. Hear me right now. You may walk out of here tomorrow, and I'm going to believe faith. Matter of fact, when the Lord does something in all these people that we prayed for, when God does something in your job situation, I'm charging you to let us know. Let me know. We're going to celebrate together. Okay? Let me know. Send me a text. Call me. I don't, we're going to celebrate together what the Lord does. But I will lift up mine eyes. I will. That's a personal statement, a personal commitment. I will. Oftentimes, the reason we see ourselves is because our heads are down. I'm looking at the circumstances. I'm looking at the situation. I'm looking at this thing that's staring in my face. I will. The psalmist declared something. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade. That's a positive thing here, by the way. That's sort of different nowadays. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right. Some of those young people didn't think I knew what that meant. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. You see, he was going to do all that, right? The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. The Lord. Why don't you reach to him right now? Come on, I feel the richness and the assurance of the Lord here this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray an anointing of the mind. I pray an anointing of the mind and the opening of the eyes. I pray an embracing of the living word of God today. 
In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you declare some things to him right now? Why don't you declare some things to him? In the name of Jesus. Come on, if there's areas that you've been battling in your mind where you're just waiting on something to change... Come on, why don't you declare some things in prayer this morning, in confidence in Him. Why don't you express some confidence in the Word of the Lord. I'm opening this altar area to you today. Why don't you come in faith? Come on, don't come pleading, don't come begging, don't come in misery or so. I want you to come in faith this morning, declaring some things. Come in faith, exalting and praising Him for what He's doing. Come on, speak some things in confidence from the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Not by might nor yet by power, but by your spirit, Lord. By your spirit, Lord. By your spirit, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray this day, Father, clarity of vision in the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, scales removed from the eyes. Hallelujah. A fresh confidence in you that cannot fail. A fresh assurance that you know every step. Hallelujah. A yielding of control to you. A yielding to you where we've taken control because of circumstances, a, a restoration of faith and a confidence in you, Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.
faithful God we thank you because you are just God hallelujah we thank you you are righteous we worship your name this morning 
we worship your name today, Father. We give you all glory. We give you all glory. Oh, would you do that with me right now? Would you just thank him? Ah, hallelujah. Why don't you thank him in faith right now? Hallelujah. We thank you. We worship you. We magnify you alone, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. To you be all glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. The Lord bless you today. Go in faith in Jesus' name. Dismissed. Greet somebody. Praise God.